KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Carl. I'm Brandon. I'm back. Yay! <laughs> it's been a week. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> so we got a ton of shit to go over because uh, Brandon was supposed to be here last week and so I cherry-picked the stuff I knew Carl would want to talk about and left like nine or ten things for you. No, it was like 13. And uh, <laughs> now I added some things since then. <laughs> of course you did. Go so, on vacation for one week and see what happens. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna break this down into three segments. So the first segment is trailers, the second segment is reboots, and the third segment is just random news. So which would you guys like to do first? Trailers. Sounds trailers? Good. All right. So did you guys see the Aquaman trailer? I did not see the Aquaman trailer. I forgot it existed. <laughs> Did you see it, Carl? Yeah. yeah. I like Jason Momoa from the best star property, Stargate. Oh, I was going to say Baywatch. I think we've been over this before. <laughs> Baywatch. Yeah, he started in Baywatch. Uh, it was before he looked anything like he looks now. So he had muscles, and he was young, and he was wearing a swimming suit, and that was it. But he had short like hair and no beard no tattoos <laughs> he was just a pretty boy and I actually read it because I didn't really watch Baywatch if I'm telling the truth but um, no the, the trailer was great I accidentally when I first heard about it I watched it and I was like I don't see what everybody's all excited about and I realized I watched the teaser not the actual trailer because I went to rewatch them today so that my mind was jogged holy fuck that's a good trailer like it is so colorful and they just like every character design they absolutely nail like black manta has like a football like shut <laughs> those straight out of the it's way oversized <laughs> helmet it's great shoots lasers out of his eyes yeah that's as he should they're underwater for like 70% of the trailer and all they do is just like have bubbles and occasionally have hair kind of float around but you can still all hear them talk normally they're not doing that thing from Justice League (laughs) thank god Mara looks great too I can't go wrong with a good redhead in a movie yeah yeah dude and she looks exactly like Mara like they have the super crazy like green outfit and the ultra red hair yeah um, Aquaman. Well, I mean, he looks like Justice League Aquaman. That's probably the only thing that doesn't look like the comics. Yeah, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have the orange scales? No, not yet. <laughs> Apparently, he's getting the green and gold suit, though, by the end of the movie, or at some point in the movie, he wears that. That's kind of what I've heard is he ends up with the orange scales. Yeah, orange and green. And they have a part where they're like skydiving into the desert. 
like yeah. skydiving without a parachute into uh. the desert. <laughs> it seems out of the spirit of Aquaman, but whatever. There's also a funny thing where like, uh, so the Justice League was like seven members, right? Are supposed to be the. There's a bunch of people. Yeah. And there were posters that said Unite the Seven that had uh, Aquaman on them. And now, like, retroactively, that is kind of referring to this movie where there's seven underwater kingdoms. And so there's, like, seven different species of underwater. And that the CGI is, like, a thousand percent necessary for this movie. You couldn't yeah. tell this story without it. You just couldn't do it. Yeah, this is this is people. one oh, of the two people. trailers I gotta say, like the CGI looks impressive in it. They have sharks wearing armor, yeah. like biting shit. Like it just it looks like a batshit crazy issue of Aquaman, and I'm real excited. I didn't think I would ever be excited for an Aquaman movie. I also like it's gonna be like there's gonna be some warfare combat that's gonna be with crazy stuff and it's gonna be all in three dimensions because they're underwater so they can go up and down really easy. Oh yeah, so it's gonna be like, and the director is a good choice. James, Wan. James Wan's a good choice. This guy, he's he's pretty solid guy, I think. Didn't he do? Was it Insidious and Saw? And the Saw. first Saw, at least. The one I've heard is the good one, but I don't know. I've only seen the sixth one. It's the one with <laughs> Gary Elvis in it. Yeah, the first Danny, one's really good. Danny yeah. Glover, right? Yeah, it's got a solid cast. It just everything kind of fell apart after the first one. Yeah, it should never have been repeated. But it's a horror movie. That's what they yeah. do. <laughs> if it's successful, they're like, "Yay!" Nine I, especially for what they. It's not like I mean, I they made it on a, a shoestring budget. So, what's that? Saw was made on a shoestring budget. Yeah, and huge return. It's a bottle episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bottle episode. <laughs> <laughs> Only a bottle episode where your limbs get cut off. <laughs> you cut your own limbs off. Right. Unless you do saw... something wrong and then something cuts your well, limbs off. Right? No, no, that's later on in the follow-up oh. sequels. Yeah. In the first one, like, literally, they have a saw, right? There is a saw. A titular. It's a hacksaw. Yeah, and it's sharp enough to get through flesh, but it's not strong enough to get through the the, the cuff. cuff that's on them. Oh. So you can't saw through the chain. The only way to get out is to, like, saw your own So it's basically a, a, a road warrior yeah. idea fleshed out, if you will. Pardon the pun. It's pretty bizarre. Like, the whole thing is... I think there was more to some of it, but I forget the whole movie now. I remember the beginning where the dude wakes up, and I remember the end where... The one guy dies, and then the guy locks him in the room forever. He eventually just gets, like, locked in the room. Uh, sealed off forever. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> Did you guys see the trailer for Glass? Yeah. That one I missed. Okay. You want to break it down, Brandon, since you saw this one? Thank God, it's been a week. Okay. I just watched it. I'll break it down. So, um, it's got... It's got the... The new character, the guy with the multiple personalities, uh, Professor X, I don't remember the, the actor's Horde. name. P- Matt James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. It's uh, And Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. And the first image you see is that lady from American Horror Story. Can't remember her name. And she's a psychiatrist. 
And she's basically breaking down that, like, this is a common problem that more and more people are thinking they have superpowers. And then, like, they kind of zoom out and, like, all three of them are sitting there, like, handcuffed in this, like, psych ward. Yeah. And, uh, basically... Coop therapy. Yeah, they basically lay it out. Like, they're in... They're in a mental institution and James McAvoy's character and uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character are teaming up clearly to, to do battle against Bruce Willis. So I'm just excited because I remember when Unbreakable came out, I loved it. A couple years later when DVDs started becoming all the rage, like I remember watching the commentary for it and hearing that he was planning on doing a trilogy and so the fact that, like, they've gotten to the trilogy just excites me because M. Night Shyamalan was good, and then he was bad, but I feel like he's good again. I do feel <laughs> like the he's twist. good again. It's the twist. He yeah. had to do the twist. He's <laughs> <laughs> playing the long game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan is so committed to, like, the twist that he tanked <laughs> his own career <laughs> just to come back. That's not an unviolent... Yeah, that's a viable scenario. And he did it in a movie that had a twist that was for this movie. So I'm I'm all about it, dude. That twist made me happy in Split because it wasn't something that was like, here's a twist in the plot that you never could have seen coming and it changes the whole movie and boring, like The Village. Right. It's like, hey, this story that is totally... Uh, its own thing just happens to take place in a larger world that other movies have taken place in. And how cool is that? Yeah. You know? And so it was just all that twist is all upside, you know? And I'll be honest, man, I was not going to watch split. I kept hearing rave reviews and I was like, man, cause I've seen the multiple personality killing a bunch of people, you know, a whole bunch of times. But then I heard it was like the secret sequel to unbreakable. And I'm like, I'm in. Dude, he kind of crushes it, though. Yeah, and it's good. Even if you took out that twist at the end, it's actually, like, a pretty good yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like, a good standalone movie. Like, It does a good job, too, of, like, having these, like, it's an origin story for the girl. She's got some kind of power, right? Does she? I think I she does. I can't remember. She's got she's something She's definitely going in on. this new one, Because though. he even, like... she's talking to, to yeah, the, yeah, the lady Yeah, yeah, she's definitely in it. And then he doesn't kill her at the end of Split because he's like, you're like me. Oh, that's right. And then all the flashbacks are her, are for her. So, you know, that gives her the origin story. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really down for it. What do you think the twist ending will be? Not seeing it. It was all a dream. <laughs> they were all, it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead people. The, the boy is... Haley it's Joel a, Osment It's is... a hallucination of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's Charlie was huffing gas again. Yeah, that was his glue hallucination. <laughs> well, there's an Iron Fist trailer, and I know I'm the only one who cares. But I will say, they introduced the Iron Fist mask into it. I've from seen like the, the mask. Comics. Yeah, which kind of excited me. I don't think... I don't think it'll play a big Does part. Does it look but... any good? No. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. But it's more comic. Yeah. They've they've put a ton of money into finding like better stunt coordinators and body doubles and stuff for the main character uh-huh. so that they can do incredible fights. So if the mask right. is in that's there, wh- 
that's kind of the key is you can throw on the mask and you can have anybody do those scenes. So that's what excites me about it is I think the stunts will be a lot better. They yeah, should have just the, cast uh, a stuntman. The fight choreography is just awful in the first season. Yeah, I mean, there's moments where it's all right, but he's not he's not great. That's the problem is, like, Iron Fist should be the best fighting one, you know? Like, you can get a pass on Luke Cage and Jessica Jones because their powers are just brute. You know, yeah. like, even Luke Cage is like, he just flicks people with his finger yeah. and they, like, fly backwards, right? So you just have to do some wire work. With Jessica Jones, she just crushes people against walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah, she likes to punch really hard. Yeah, so that's that's real easy to do. But Iron Fist, you have to, like... You Iron have Fist to, and Daredevil. Yeah, and Daredevil fucking nails it. Like, yeah, it did well. No, but nobody accuses Daredevil of, like, skimping on the fight. Well, I think that... If anything, they Charlie go too Cox hard too, on the fight. He also has a pretty good mask to make it easier for a stunt double. And I think Charlie Cox is just more uh, athletic. Yeah. Aerobic, maybe, than... Whoever that Finn Finn Johnson or Finn Jones Finn I Jones think. yeah Finn Jones. You want to know why I know this guy's name because it's so he close was... to Sam Jones. <laughs> no, <laughs> because he was the main character in uh, the Sleeping Beauty, uh, fucking awful straight to video. Yeah, straight to video movie we had to watch for Real Roulette, where they were basically it was <laughs> when that Angelina Jolie movie came out, okay. and so they like they were trying oh, to knock get it. off. Yeah, what do they call those? Um, uh, like Atlantic Rim? Yes, yes, that's a perfect example. But it's like, it's basically for people who are tired and they're looking for a movie on On Demand and they don't fully read it. They just see the title and they think they're getting the big movie that's in the theaters. It's like a tax write-off movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awful. But he was in that, and that's not a good sign for your lead if he was doing those. Yeah. They should have just hired a freaking stunt actor and then that could do the the karate first and then be like, yeah, if he can act, great. That's not really why he's here. So he doesn't need to be good at acting. Yeah, I think. That's just a bonus if he can act. Yeah, I think that's... And that's kind of like a lot of people... Because you just have to have him be kind of a frat boy. A lot of guys get hired that way, like, or they used to, at least. I think that might have been how Jason Momoa got started. He just happened to be a good actor, too. But they hired him because he's a big motherfucker. And he's also, like, really good at fight coordination. Like, he could fight, dude. I've, I've never watched him on Game of Thrones... I don't know if he fights on that, but he oh, fights yeah. a yeah, lot yeah. on Stargate. He's like, he's the he's the tank. Well, he's in, in Stargate and in Atlantis, and he just fucking rips shit, man. He's in like one he's season awesome. of Game of Thrones, I think. Um, but he is a season or is it a season and a half? I can't remember. It's it like might the be a wharf. season and a half. Jason Momoa is the wharf of Stargate Atlantis. Okay. To put it into Star Trek terms, he's the wharf. He's the put Chewbacca. It in terms I understand. Yeah, he's the <laughs> Chewbacca. He's just brute. He's, but he's like, yeah, he, he's some kind of special. He's like the Kurt Russell of Stargate. He's Snake Plissken. <laughs> he's the Snake just, Plissken of Stargate. I'm just fucking around because I've only seen the movie Stargate. <laughs> yeah, well, in Stargate Atlantis is even a whole. It's the the fir- the first spinoff series from the main series. Does it take place underwater? It. 
sort of yeah uh, at first i mean so like they get teleported to this pe- the pegasus galaxy so they're like even farther removed from earth now they're in a whole different galaxy and they're in this underwater base that is atlantis and then eventually uh in order to keep themselves from dying they have to raise it to the surface of the of the planet because the whole planet's underwater or something no there's land actually there's land and then they introduce a whole new monster then it's like its own thing because it's in a different galaxy but uh they cross over with the original series a bunch of times they have big shit that goes down there's characters that cross it back and forth MacGyver suddenly shows up MacGyver's been well, like the characters in Stargate, they last ten seasons, right? Ten and characters they get promoted through the ranks of military as the show goes along, and eventually some of the main cast get promoted to the point where they're literally just like stuck behind a desk. And so they're not on the I show. Never should have taken this grand moth position. <laughs> yeah. So they don't they like stop being <laughs> regulars on the show and they just show up every now and then like on a monitor somewhere being like with all these medals just being like do what I say you to do. <laughs> it's great. Um, okay, so this is the trailer I'm the most excited to talk about is the new Venom trailer. Oh, the I was new, like, new one trailer? Of the trailer I wanted to talk about. There's two. About. You oh. talk about your trailer, Brandon. Shazam. Did you oh, see yes. Shazam trailer? Did we talk yes. about Shazam two weeks ago? <laughs> Who cares? Shazam is <laughs> going to be awesome, man. <laughs> All right. I was just trying to hit new shit. <laughs> Yeah, I like how he charges people's cell phone and also <laughs> destroys people's cell phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to be real fun, dude. It's going to be the most fun DC movie ever. And it's still got that dark dower look. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Like, it's, it's like big in the DC universe. Oh, man, so. that's not a bad combination. <laughs> like, that's pretty inspired as long as you keep lex luther out of it i'm down that would be like what if we? as put- long as i keep jesse eisenberg out of it <laughs> yeah there you yeah go. let's put home alone in the dc universe what the <laughs> fuck would that look like <laughs> oh weekend at bernie's <laughs> i think we're gonna see it because he has a little friend right like he's got a kid friend yeah. That he seems to hang out with. I bet we see some Home Alone hijinks at some point There's because he's going to have to protect yeah. himself from a supervillain. I want to see a blowtorch hit the top of somebody's head, and then like, <laughs> and he's not. just like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Joe Pesci. <laughs> Surely his finest work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Casino. It's definitely no. <laughs> uh, the other, the other guy that's in that, the other wet bandit. It's. Uh, Daniel Stern. Stern. It's definitely Daniel Stern's best. The voice of uh, Fred Savage in The Wonder Years. Daniel Stern's best work is the Home Alone movies. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump's best work is Lost in New York, so he should have just stopped there. The world would have been a better place in a lot of ways, but I'm not going to let that. Okay, what else about Shazam grabbed you? I thought the suit looked utterly stupid when oh, I saw yeah. stills oh, yeah. of it, and then when I saw it, I was like, "It looks stupid, but in the right way." You know what I mean? Who plays his like the the magician that gives him the power? Wasn't that some great? Oh, I don't actor? know. I haven't like read. I a didn't lot really of see like you didn't see his face very well because he had the cloak thing on. Yeah, I recognized him though. It was somebody great. Are you looking up Shazam right yeah. now? 
It was Mark Strong. No, that's the villain. He's great too, though. I love that guy. What What was he in? That name's really familiar. Mark Strong's Kingsman. in a bunch but, of shit. He's in everything. Like, he stole the show in Kingsman. He did. Let's see. What's some notable shit that he's in? It says he's known for Kingsman. Damn it. He was the brother in the Brothers Grimsby. <laughs> Brothers Grimsby? That's a Sasha Baron Cohen movie. Oh. It's Didn't bad. see that one. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Oh, he's in... T- oh, he was Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> he was, that's like the best part of that whole movie, too. Honestly. When they go into space, all like 12 minutes of it. Oh, <laughs> You know what he's really good in is that Sherlock Holmes movie with Ron, Robert Downey Jr. He's the villain in that as well. Was he's it the Lord first Blackwood. one or the second? The one? first one. He's okay. the villain with the jagged and snaggle tooth thing, and oh, like yeah. fakes his death and then uh, fakes his re- resurrection. And I was I was telling actually Hank gets hung. I was saying at work the other day, I'm ready for a Sherlock Holmes movie that actually, like, faithfully covers the stories. So, like, no, no, no. So, like, they have stuff where, like, he looks and he sees, like, a hat that's really large. And so he deduces that the man is very smart because he has a large head. (laughs) Is that the kind of stuff that's in the books? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be faithful. Yeah, that's bad. It could play like a real good comedy, like unintentionally. Well, didn't they announce a third Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, Sherlock movie? I think they did. I wouldn't be surprised. I am down for that because I really like the guy who played in the second Sherlock Holmes, the Shadow Games or whatever, Game of Shadows, I think it was called. The guy who played Moriarty is amazing he's one of my favorite like character actors he was in that show fringe for most of the run like he's the villain of the first season and he gets cut in half by a portal it's pretty badass but then like they he has a all because they all have parallels because there's two dimensions in fringe it's all about these two parallel dimensions then they introduce the third one and then they change time and collapse them into one <laughs> it gets really then the final season jumps forward like 25 30 years nice it Dude, shows that's just nonsense. like we don't have time for <laughs> character progression let's just get to where we're going where's the next trailer venom yeah okay so Tom venom Hardy. Venom symbiote. The first thing I want to say, <laughs> <laughs> the symbiote. 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 The the CGI in Venom looks fucking incredible. That's like, true. Yeah, I was watching that, and they were pulling so much shit from the comics where he like does the axe blades with his hands. And, like, throws it out to block bullets. And then when they have, like, half his face come off and he's talking and you see him underneath. But then you see... Like, so much of that shit was so fucking badass. Like, he looks so evil. And, like, those eyes, dude. Those eyes are just so milky and wrong. Yeah. Uh, And it's just, like, it was getting me hooked. And then they deliver the line where he talks about how he's going to eat off all those parts until yes. it looks like, what, a turd in the wind? And I'm like... Bad dialogue. A yeah. turd in the wind? <laughs> yeah, what is that? 
Right up piece of shit. Thirteen year olds wrote that. A thir- on Reddit. It's just like that was insane. Like that line. And yeah. but the worst part about it is that was the line they chose to punctuate the end of the trailer. <laughs> How much you wanna bet that scene is not actually in the movie? I bet you anything that scene gets... I don't think it will be now. It, yeah, if, yeah. even <laughs> if it was originally, yeah, it's gone. Because that did not play well. Mm-mm. That line, at least. And it's a goddamn shame because the rest of it looked pretty badass. Like, it looked really entertaining. But... Well, I bet you it's not in the movie. Yeah. I bet I'll, I'll be willing to bet money that that scene is cut from the movie. Yeah, I wouldn't. At, at the very least, what if they like even filmed it just for the trailer? <laughs> they could ADR that pretty easily. Change it something not as juvenile and stupid. They could change it real easy. Like it's yeah, you just have to ADR it. Like that's all you have to do is just re reloop the voice over it. I'm sure they're not done with that anyway. One criticism I've heard is that Venom doesn't have like the spider thing on the front or anything. And but that actually makes sense because it's not Spider-Man. Well, related. yeah, the symbiote freaking bonded with Spider-Man first, and that's where he got a bunch. It got a bunch of its identity from initially. So yeah. then it bonds with Eddie Brock later, and it brings some of that over. But if this storyline has him only ever bond with Eddie Brock. He wouldn't get have any reference to Spider-Man Yeah, the at all. symbiote is going to go with what it knows. Sign, <laughs> sign boat. I like symbiote because I, I picture yeah, Michael right. McDonald saying it. Symbiote. I'm down. Instead <laughs> of working my yacht rock. How Walken say it? Symbiote. 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 I can't. Symbiote. No. No. Symbiote. <laughs> See, it's hard. It's a symbiote. Once you go away from the no. 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 That's <laughs> it. Nah. Oh. This now. is the now. Welcome to the <laughs> p- premium level podcasting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to start... <laughs> We're going to start a new thing where you can, like, kick in money and you can hear us, like, say symbiote 75 different ways if, if you get on the platinum it's level. the tier, yeah, there's tiers to it. Have you been noticing they're doing that on podcasting way more? I'm trying to remember what they call it, but there's something that they can hook up with where you can, like, donate money and then get extra podcasts or videos or whatever. And I'm just like, man, I listen to these because they're free. <laughs> I'll scan over your commercials, but that's asking a little bit much. I was thinking it'd be cool to like put the ads over segments, like short segments, and then when you pay for no ads, that's the same length of a podcast as if it had ads, but there's extra content where the ads would be. Oh, I hate that idea. <laughs> like bonus. <laughs> it'd probably make a lot of money, though. <laughs> for Damn, the right you just pocket. introduced an evil into the world. <laughs> well, as long as we capitalize on it. <laughs> that is a really good point. <laughs> I'm going to put in like a commercial for like Tampax over this whole like, conversation. It, it only right feels now. like evil if it, you're the victim of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, another trailer they dropped around Comic-Con was Disenchantment. Uh, is I'm, that When's that coming out? 
Uh, next week, I think. Exciting. I know it's coming out in August sometime. So I still haven't watched an actual trailer for it. I've only seen the one shot of the main characters. Does does it look like it's gonna be up to muster? Is it gonna pass muster? So what it looked like for me is uh, the humor is there. Like it's the same kind of humor as like Futurama and Simpsons. I think. Um, so I'm not worried about that because I, I thoroughly enjoyed both of those shows. But the animation, so when you see stuff like the, the moving stuff, it looks like the other animation. But when you look at the backgrounds, it looks like a lot of stills. And I don't know if they save money doing that or if it's just they, they, they might have just grabbed from the pilot where they didn't spend as much money animating it. Right. I don't know. But it looks like the animation's not quite up to snuff. Hmm. But I could be mistaken on that. That's just what I noticed today. I'm most concerned about just having good characters because that's really like the core of Futurama is just every character is likable, right? They they all have good and bad qualities, but none of them are unlikable. Like every single character on Futurama is great. You know who's the best, like, deep pole on that show is Scruffy. Scruffy, Scruffy is pretty amazing. <laughs> boilers and toilets, toilets and boilers. Mm-hmm. And the one boiling toilet. Turlet, turlet, turlet. I, okay, here's my deep cut from Futurama. My favorite character is the is the crazy cat lady that's like, calls everything a what you call it and a kajigger. <laughs> <laughs> she is the best. And she owns stock in the company. So she is actually relevant at times. Yeah, she has one vote. <laughs> but it, <laughs> my one regret is that I never got rid of my bonitis. <laughs> cool ladies guy. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so Good basically it looks like the princess in this is an alcoholic. Um she seems to like go off an adventure when the person she's supposed to marry kind of kneels down by the throne. They have a Game of Thrones style throne with all these swords hanging out of it, and it goes right through his neck. <laughs> <laughs> and she seems to hang out with an elf and a demon creature. Fun. Uh, like the the demon creature, just like it almost looks like a. A, like a black cat or something. I don't know how to like describe it, but it's this black shadowy character, and he's like, "I want to take all the illnesses that that affect humans and replace them with worse illnesses." <laughs> <laughs> so he's the bender. <laughs> that, I was gonna ask who's the bender. Yeah, the demon's the bender. And El- who the is- elf is dumb. So and innocent. So that's the fry. Oh, Abby Jacobson is the voice of Abby Jacobson is from Broad City, okay, which is a great Comedy Central show. And if she's on this, then it should be good. So is she doing the princess then? She's Bean is the princess. Yeah, that's the yeah. princess. And then Nat Faxon is Elfo. Yep. And Nat Faxon is from. How long do you think they spent on that name? <laughs> Let's just call it Elfo. Elfo. That's like the guy that showed up late to the D&D game. He's like, oh, you're going to be Elfo. <laughs> yeah, he has like 30 seconds to make his character. Oh, and then Eric Andre is the, I think, the demon. Okay, Lucy. sweet. 
Eric Andre is a psychopath, so that should be good. And then when you get into the all-series cast, well, there's John DiMaggio. Gotta have John DiMaggio. Yeah, I heard his voice somewhere, but I, I didn't pin down what character he was. And then Matt Barry and Noel Fielding. I recognize them from the IT crowd. They're both fantastic. Uh, Rich Fulcher, he's good friends with uh, John Benjamin, and he does work with that guy all the time. John Benjamin from Archer? Yeah. Is it H. John Benjamin? H. John Benjamin. Yeah. But you can just call him John Benjamin. I call him John. <laughs> you can call Johnny. him. Yeah. I'll just yeah, call him Yeah, just Johnny. like you've known him all your life. David Herman, that guy was on Mad TV. He's funny. He's also in a bunch of Mad I want to like make fun of him being on Mad TV, but we've had Key and Peel. We had Orlando Jones, but that didn't last for too long. I feel like he peaked in office space. Maurice LaMarche. He Tress had the McNeil, whole run Billy on the 7-Up. This is a great cast. That's true. I can't remember a single Seven Up commercial he's in, but I remember he was in them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like recall them other than I know he was part of them, and I remember him being kind of funny for the time. But that's about it. Yeah, poor Lando Jones. <laughs> uh, we also had a Star Trek Discovery trailer, so a lot of people are are knocking this because it was like all adventure, and people are worried it's getting into like J.J. Abrams style. Uh, movies. I don't think that that's where they're going with this show. I think people are worried because of showrunner Alex Kurtzman. Because uh, what's his face dropped out? Who's dropped out of everything? He does he ever stick with a project? No, no. Brian <laughs> well, Fuller. Okay. He's either fired he either, or yeah, he like leaves. He, he he quits or his show gets canceled. One of the two. Yeah, he he left Star Trek Discovery to do American Gods, Which he and then, then left loved. American Gods to do God knows what. Which. <laughs> Speaking of Orlando Jones, he's crushing it on American Gods. Is a new season up? It's not up yet, but it's coming. (laughs) The show's still going, like it without him. Right. When the only person they lost as a in the cast when they lost when Brian Fuller left was uh, Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson, but uh, the nature of her character is such that she can be played by somebody else and it doesn't matter because she is the goddess of media and so like she shows up as in the in the book she's like appears as famous old tv characters like lucy yeah uh, and she did that on the show too yeah she's dressed like those characters and so they can just have anybody be media really anybody can do it and she was probably on the show because she liked Brian Fuller because she was on uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, the, the Star Trek Discovery. So, what what I wanted to say, what I liked about it was, it seems like they're drawing in Pike into the show, like Captain Pike. So, for people who aren't familiar, we can forget about the Abrams stuff. Like, he is the one in the original series who was Spock's captain of the of the Enterprise, like. He was with Spock in the episode The Cage, or the two-parter, and he's, like, in this wheelchair that, like, confines him, and he's got one light, and they just ask him yes or no questions. Yeah, and he either beeps once for yes or twice for no. <laughs> they the did a really funny run on it in Futurama. Futurama. Yeah, yeah, where, like, okay. the lawyers... That's where that's from. Yeah, yeah. the lawyer's ah. asking him questions, and he wants a yes, so, like, he asks him Double yes. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you plead? Guilty? <laughs> yeah, double yes. 
<laughs> Dude, I will say, if you're a Futurama fan, you should really run through the original series and then rewatch like Futurama because there is not an episode of that show that goes by that they don't like reference the original series somehow. Like you gotta watch the original series if you want to be a Futurama completist and get all the jokes. Yeah, but there's still if there's you haven't seen Star too. Trek, there's plenty of jokes. That's what's why it's so great. I remember watching a Simpsons where they they go to this old west town and all the robots turn on everybody and I was probably the only kid my age that was like they're parodying Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> and now everybody might get that joke. It's another one of those Simpsons thing that is just like aged comes well. Comes back around. Yeah, yeah. comes like you wait long enough it'll <laughs> age well. That means monorail monorails are coming back someday. Monorail, 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 monorail. Don't <laughs> that lone voice. Uh, the last trailer I have here is the Lego Movie Two trailer. Um, Man, what is even the plot of that? I don't know. It's undetermined. <laughs> they do. It looks funny. It's gonna be him and his sister, maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're doing with this. I know they. I've have... tried to find out what what's going on with this movie and. Is it the same directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Yes. That's good. Or they at least wrote it if they didn't direct it. Okay. Let, let me put it that way. Um, that's fair. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know. It, it looks like it's entertaining. So that's all I really care about. I didn't really pull any moments, except for, like, I noticed they didn't have Will Arnett's voice in the trailer at all. But they definitely showed Batman a couple of times. So. Okay. He's definitely a part of it, I, I would imagine, unless they just decided to not have him talk because he's <laughs> too much money. <laughs> like they blew all their money on uh, Chris Pratt. Ah, the money's there. Yeah, he's expensive now. <laughs> yeah, he's a <laughs> lot more expensive than when the first movie came out. They should get James Gunn to direct a Lego movie. Oh, uh, that brings up something that I was actually going to bring, so I might as well just shift to it. Um news are we going to news next then uh sure why not so uh the entire cast of guardians of the galaxy put out a statement supporting james gunn and uh basically trying to to convince people to give him another chance i doubt disney will will we'll jump on it but it was nice to see like the entire cast backing him up yeah, yeah. do you think there's a chance that they tank their performances. I think they're professionals. Like I don't see Zoe Saldana tanking a performance. I don't see Chris Pratt tanking a performance, except by accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, intentionally. Like tanking. he did, but intentionally, no. Um, I feel like though that we will be able to tell, like subconsciously, they're they're un being displeased with the whole situation. It's gonna come through somehow. Like, I can't imagine that movie's going to be worth it. Do we end up with a Spider-Man 3? Yeah. I don't think so. I think we it'll still with... be good, but I don't think it's going to be as good. I'm not going to know because I, I can't bring myself to go watch it. Yeah, that's kind of checked out of Guardians now. It's unfortunate. And it makes me sad because I like all those characters, but they can cameo in other people's movies. Does it matter that he wrote it and he's still getting paid? <laughs> I hope that they go with that script, at least. 
you know i'm sure they will they I have think they're to. too far down the line yeah the story is so well thought out and planned ahead that yeah i can't imagine they're gonna rewrite the entire story they're... this is gonna be like peyton redirecting uh ant-man ant-man yeah yeah, and I did enjoy Ant Man, but you do wonder what it would have looked like if Edgar Wright did it. Yeah. Like I have to, I have to there think are, it would be a better movie. And there are sequences in Ant Man that were clearly conceived of by Edgar Wright because they had like the whole Michael Pena telling a story with other people talking for him. Yeah, that's a straight Edgar Wright thing that he does, and you know. Maybe that's why it bugged me that Peyton Reed did it in Ant-Man and the Wasp. You kind of had to, though. I know, like, it's established, but still, like, Peyton Reed almost, like, just was like, I guess I've got to put this in there now. But it's not his vision for Ant-Man. That's Edgar Wright's vision for the movie. Yeah. And so, in the first movie, it makes sense, because Edgar Wright had his actual fingers in it. But for the second one, it's like... Well, now you're just being kind of, you're just cribbing, you know, you're just like... They were cribbing, but I'd I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, that was probably my favorite scene of the movie. Right? The whole thing with the truth serum and him going through the whole story. Like, (laughs) You just gotta buckle up. I like the big tardigrades. (laughs) I do You know, I really hope (laughs) they bring him back for, uh, bring Michael Pena in for Avengers 4. (laughs) Just so, like, he could talk about the whole, like have him like catch everybody it would be fun to have him talking for thor and hulk and scarlet witch and black widow that that would just make that and they would have a lot of fun doing it i'm sure (laughs) because like that means that all of the actors have to listen to his audio they have to talk at in his way like they have to at least mime it yeah Yeah, they have to do his cadence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they have so they'll have like weird little like the same mannerisms that make what he says so entertaining. If we're being completely honest, it's like Edgar Wright lifted that from Drunk History. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's an being... old tactic; it goes back long ways. Does it look really? who's talking? Probably did it first. I don't the talking, dog, making Mr. Ed talk with peanut butter and doing voiceover for fucking the, Mr. Ed, man. What, the, what was the chimp show that was? Yeah, they've been doing up. that shit for oh the spy one decades. God, what was the name of that show? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Fuck, I remember watching that a lot on syndication as a kid. I watched it some. I didn't watch it a lot, but I watched it some. I, I felt it was very derivative when I was six, so. <laughs> You're so full of shit. Your eyes are brown. It was a fucking joke. It just happened to land in silence. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> okay. Some more uh, news. So, uh, Lobo is being reintroduced into the show Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun. I never I didn't watch season 1 of Krypton, but I watched looks, the first episode. It looks like I've heard people talk about it and it sounds really fun. Like I mean, Brainiac is the villain mm-hmm. and Dr. Fate is in it. Uh Dr. S- or not Dr. Strange. Adam, Adam Strange. Strange is in that's it. Yeah. who it is. 
Dr. Fate. Where did I get that? I think there's a Dr. Fate helmet in something somewhere. I mean, he might be. I only saw the first episode. Oh, maybe I don't I'm know thinking of Legends of Tomorrow. He's got this... It's Dr. Fate is kind of a ridiculous character. It's more like so there's, this, there's this helmet, <laughs> right? The helmet possesses a consciousness and all these magic spells and shit. And when the person wears the helmet, then they become Dr. Fate. But the helmet is what's... It's like sentient. The helmet yeah. itself. It's very I've bizarre. I've seen it on... Uh... It's a, he's one of the magical characters in DC. He He's a good counter to Superman because he, he fucks Superman up, dude. He's all magic. And you know... How would he do against Superman's grandfather? (laughs) Probably just as well. I think that's his name, too. Actually, Superman's grandfather is just as L. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Black Adam will fuck Doctor Strange up. At least that's what happened in Injustice. Doctor Strange? No. That's uh, what you said. No, I said uh, Black Adam. Right. Black Adam is the Shazam is a Shazam. Character. No, I thought you said what fuck Doctor Strange up. Doctor Fate. Oh, Doctor Fate up. Okay. Adam Fate. Strange. Yeah, doesn't doesn't Black like Black Fate. Adam like rip people in half and shit. Oh yeah, he's brutal. He's a he's evil as shit. He's kind of an antihero though. I don't know. He's a little Doctor Doomish. He's gonna be the Rock. He rules his own country. Yeah, The Rock looks exactly like Black Adam does in the New 52 comics. Like, exactly like him. So they were probably planning this. Oh, out. yeah. They've, been doing, <laughs> they've had this in the works for Ever since the years. Ultimates was like, let's make Nick Fury Samuel L. Jackson. And then they, like, went to cast Samuel L. Jackson for the movies. Like, that's actually what happened. Yeah. They, what if he had said no, man? They'd have been fucked. But Samuel L. Jackson does a lot. Like, he works 50 out of 52 weeks a year. For an actor, that's impressive. Because, A, you have to be in demand enough to be able to keep working. But then, like, when you become that in demand, you tend to be like, I'm going to do two or three movies a year. And then I'm going to sit back and, like, I don't know. What do rich people do? Sailing the Caribbean or something? Listen to Michael McDonald. Listen to Michael McDonald. <laughs> it keeps you running, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so sony has hired a writer for craven the hunter i saw that so who's the writer so the writer is a guy named richard wank so the three notable movies that he wrote was the expendables 2 the oh. equalizer 2 yeah. and jack reacher 2 <laughs> he's a two guy yeah they're like who can we get to to continue this jack yeah. reacher momentum <laughs> I yeah, did actually. I no, do actually no, like those. Well, I don't know about movies. the Equalizer, but I know Expendables Two. There, w- the writing was not good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but did you want it to be good? Not really. Yeah, <laughs> not really, but sort of. The plot. I mean, it would have been even better, but like, you watch it for like the absurdity of it. Yeah, I mean, it had the scene that I wanted, which was like that henchman puts like the buoy knife up to that one guy's chest and then Jean-Claude Van Damme like because spin kicks it into his throat <laughs> yeah, just roundhouse kicks it into him <laughs> so fucking dumb the Jack Reacher 2 plot was worse than the Jack Reacher 1 plot the action sequences were just as good but I think that's 
the thing is that they didn't have to really worry about the script so much because it was just the script was basically there to just hold the action set pieces together, keep right. them from falling apart. So it's like it's like a, a low grade industrial adhesive. It seems like he could sit, probably say the same for all of these part twos that he's done, right? He writes like, scripts. He's a guy who writes scenes to get to the next action. There, it's sequence. all post-it note glue. That's what it's made out of. That really weak. <laughs> doesn't really stay stuck to you. It's not going to pull your skin off or your hair out or your arm if it's stuck to you. It's just kind of weak. Um, <laughs> so going back to DC here. Uh, so apparently that Joker standalone movie that they're doing where it's... They're um, full on all stops in on... Yeah. They got Robert De Niro and Mark Maron in the cast. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Mark Maron is supposed to be playing a booking agent. So fits. Yeah, it makes sense. Can, like a, yeah. a dude who sits behind a desk, Wait, smokes cigarettes, and make, says awful things. Can we say that it's in the, it shares a universe with Glow? No. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> this is before he started directing the movies. Let's see Allison Bree in this show putting her in i noticed you said see allison there like <laughs> i got that allison no no no. you said see alice in that yeah. phrase it's a boner pill it gives <laughs> you boners so does allison brie yeah that's i think it was a freudian slip that's what i'm getting at. uh yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you guys have anything on that? Does that make you more excited, less excited, same excited? I think that they need to make as many Joker movies as they possibly can that are all completely different and then never say which one of them is the real origin. Like, that's the best way to do the Joker is to make him a mystery. And it's more fun to have a, a thousand different options of what the Joker could be than to just have no options. Mm -hmm. And those are kind of your two choices because the only other choice is like one, right? Yeah. And that's boring. Yeah. Because the Joker can't have a fixed origin. Yeah. Or his, he loses his mystique. His story should be a, as chaotic as he right, is. Right, as he is. Yeah, so I am on board with not any one specific Joker movie, but just the fact that there should be a bunch of them. And all of them should not have Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, he all of them. Yeah. <laughs> 100% certified Leto free. Just keep leaking out that news that we're working on that new Jared Leto project, but just never have it come to fruition. Like, this is the one we got with Leonardo got three DiCaprio. More weeks, three more weeks of shooting. Let, uh, <laughs> let David Fincher direct a Jared Leto movie. He can keep him reined in. Yeah, that's true. He's done it once. But I feel like Jared Leto wasn't big enough to where you had to rein him in at that point. People tend to uh, revert back to the original state they were in when in they established relationships. So maybe like maybe Fincher can bring him down to earth because he he directed him when he was like just getting started. Yeah. So maybe he can he can like use that link of like remember what you were like before you were such a prick. Is that what David Let's Fincher sounds back. like? I gotta admit, I don't think when I've ever heard him When he's talking to talk. Jared Leto, that's oh, okay. what he sounds like. <laughs> he just... 
very like hey jared can we get you to go stand over on that scaffolding there and maybe just throw that used condom away instead of mailing (laughs) it to the actress and then it'll be like and you alicia witt his voice changes completely when he's talking to somebody else (laughs) gets all low and and sandy uh, let's see. So Jeff Johns is working on a script for the Green Lantern Corps, which hasn't been greenlit yet. Just, <laughs> just to uh, <clears throat> put that out there. But they're gonna try to make that their guardians. But he's saying, uh, well, I think if you look at everything that worked and didn't work, I, I like revamping a character, reintroducing a character. I've done a lot. The character viewpoint and the way into the character and rebooting it is changing it and introducing it is informed by everything it's informed by comics both what works and doesn't work i don't want to spoil any story there but if people like my run on green lantern then hopefully they'll like what i'm doing so i like this run on green lantern so you know what they should do is they should do a movie that shows the formation of the green lantern Corps and completely takes place not on earth at all and it should end with the guy crash landing on earth and I've been and John Stewart find finding uh, his and getting the ring. That should be like the post credit sequence of the movie. Yeah. Like, don't even be like <clears throat> establish what the fuck is the Green Lantern Corps in the first place. Like, we don't we don't need to. We don't need more Hal Jordan. Yeah, no. we don't need any more of that shit. We don't need an origin story of a person. We need an origin story for the core itself. Yeah, well, I will say, say. if they do go with an origin story, Jeff Johns wrote the best one. Um, And he has has an ability to, like, break down the Green Lanterns and then, like, add all this fun stuff to it. And hopefully he'll have the foresight to know that, like, people know the story enough where we don't have to, like, delve back into Hal Jordan getting the ring and shit like that. Like Gardner. I know I know the talk for a while was that it was gonna be lethal weapon in space with like Hal Jordan and John Stewart. <laughs> that I would be okay with. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if that's still what they're doing because Jeff Johns is now writing it. So it's possible that that has changed. So who knows what they're doing is basically what I'm right. getting at. But if Jeff Johns is doing it, it's possible that they're gonna do the whole thing where like you introduce all the other lanterns like the the red ones and the yellow ones and the the purple ones and the blue ones and <laughs> there's a white and yeah then, i guess there is a white one huh? yeah which is like the opposite of the black ring which is the which zombie, is death which is marvel zombies or uh, dc zombie their version of dc yeah did they do DC's it first version. did they do it blackest night that's what it's called yeah, blackest night I, I liked Blackest Night. I really enjoyed that because they, they ran with the fact that all these characters had died, like all these superheroes had died in the DC universe and then were bringing them back. Well, and I think that even Blackest Night is um, main DC continuity and Marvel Zombies is a totally alternate thing. Yeah, it's another universe. Yeah. Because, uh, like, they're Blackest jumping. and. No, the Marvel Zombies. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, jumping to other universes. Right. At a certain point. So it's like an Elseworlds what-if kind of thing. Whereas Blackest Night actually happens in DC continuity. Yeah. And was that... I can't remember if that was pre or post it New 52. It was pre-New 52. Okay. But... So it got you, all undone. But when you look at the anyways. New 52... <laughs> when you look at the New 52, it happened. 
like it did happen it might not have happened exactly like they told it but like all of that should happen because you have all the different spectrums still running around so um yeah i I like jeff johns's run so i think i think he'll do a good job whether it gets green light or not or gets changed who knows but uh so the biggest news probably that came out was that mark hamill leaked on twitter some some casting he had permission I'm sure he did, but he's also fucked up. Yeah, well, he said, yeah, he said in the tweet, he's like, I'm proud to announce that I can do this. Now I've got 18 months of no comment. And that's going (laughs) to suck. (laughs) All right, fair enough. But basically, he said, so I I don't want to skip over any of this, so we'll just hit it one at a time. Billy D. Williams is going to be in the new Star Wars. Yes. Lando's back, baby. Yeah. I am very happy about yeah, that. I guess he was supposed to be in The Last Jedi, but they had contract negotiations with them fell apart. And that's why they wrote that whole Casino Canto Bright thing. Was It was supposed to have Lando in it. So I don't know if he was supposed to be the, the character or not. <laughs> that stutter was unbearable, dude. Yeah. It was a hard, bad choice on Vinicio Del Toro's part. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, well. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited. Lando's going to be back. Yeah, that's great. And then, um, and then Mark Hamill's going to be in the new one, which I think everybody speculated. But it's nice to hear that that's happening for sure. So I can only assume Force Ghost, right? Yeah, yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah, not flashback. Just well, maybe flashback. It's possible, but have they ever done flashback in Star Wars? Not really. It's a, we're in a new era of Star Wars. We are, but I don't think like, they've even done it in the that new era. opening sequence where he basically prank trolls the the bad guy. Hux? Like yeah. Like, uh, Oscar Isaac is like, I need to talk to Hux. And he's like, this is Hux. And he's like, is he there? I'm still waiting. You know, just messing with him. <laughs> right? That's never been done in a Star Wars movie before. Yeah, Han Solo did it, but in a different way. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. How are you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was very, it was a different scenario, though, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was like that same played for laughs. And even Last Jedi was just ripping off the original trilogy. Wow. The Ridge Tridge. The Ridge Tridge. <laughs> the Ridge Tridge is ripping off so many things. Yeah. Like Flash Gordon. The greatest director of all time. Who, George Akira, Lucas? Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress is Star Wars, baby. Yeah, only it's feudal Japan, I think. Ooh, I'm going to have to watch this. You really should. He's the greatest director of all time. <laughs> That's science. That's science fact. Yeah, sci-fi. And then uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. No replacement. They're, they're going to pull scenes that were cut from when they did reshoots for uh, The Force Awakens. So, yeah, I just want to say once and for all, all the fans who were like going on and on about how they didn't kill Carrie Fisher in The Last Jedi, With just me, shut the fuck up. I dude. will not. <laughs> that entire plot falls apart <laughs> if you take out Carrie Fisher's thing. Like it does. It wasn't a good plot to start with. I liked it. I was fine with it. <laughs> I like her being force sensitive. If she's, a, I mean, aren't they supposed to be twins? Yeah. So they should both have be force sensitive. She should have been force sensitive earlier in the series. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she should have shown Force sensitivity in Return of the Jedi. That's George Lucas's fault. Well, they allude to it because, they, like, Darth Vader's like, A sister, you have a sister. If you won't take her place, maybe she will, or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of. Oh, a no, the Emperor says it, not Darth yeah, Vader. That's the throwaway line. George Lucas could have focused on that, but he was all midichlorians and shit. <laughs> I'm just trying to set this up so that in 15 <laughs> years I can explain huh. metachlorians. Huh. Huh. The wills. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. We talked <laughs> about that a lot. Jesus Christ. I, I think, I think I you, watched you asked movie, if it though. would be Osmosis Jones in the Star Wars <laughs> Oh, universe. yeah. I'll still watch that movie, though, if George Lucas makes it. <laughs> he can't make it anymore. That's the beautiful Somebody part. Somebody give him some money. <laughs> Kickstarter. Let's just animate it. Yeah. I remember seeing this cartoon that's so like it's it's funny, but the animation is god awful because they animated it in like 2000. But it was this internet cartoon somebody did where it was like supposing that George Lucas had directed Lord of the Rings. Oh god. <laughs> And he's like, he's doing this interview. They keep coming back to him doing this interview. And he's like, well, I think the most important thing is the source material and to not be beholden to the source material. <laughs> it's like the first thing he says. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's let's jump into the reboots. Do the third section of the show. Who's reboots? So much reboots, dude. A lot of this is from Comic Con, but some of it has dropped since then. Uh, Buffy. Da- oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah. I Joss see. Whedon is bringing I back forgot. Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer and having a black woman in the lead. Now it's unknown whether whether they're gonna have her be Buffy or if they're gonna have Buffy pass the torch to her or what, but. She, he's looking at a black actress in the lead. Well, um, I think it would be better as like a, a continuation of the series, mm-hmm. sort of with new characters rather than a straight, I'd rather see a that hard reboot than a hard reboot. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar is pretty much that role now, even though she wasn't the original. Yeah. But she still was it for the longest period of time, and all the comics draw are looking like that, like Sarah Michelle Gellar, so... Let's just leave. Let her stay, Buffy. I don't think Joss Whedon will reboot it. I have a feeling it's going to be. I think a it's going to die. I think. I think he'll have Sarah Michelle Gellar pass the torch. I think do. that's. I. I mean, I can see a way they could easily write that in and make it ha- make sense. I wouldn't mind seeing Sarah Michelle Gellar re- reprise her role as Buffy. Yeah, and I think be on the show. Yeah, and that's like, what I think they'll do. Is like she'll of, be kind of the Giles character. Yeah, that, like, that would be her. great. Make her Giles. Fuck Giles. I mean, I Get will admit, I heard Kevin Smith say this, like just supposing, and but that made sense to me. Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Is that's a natural role to put her in, and they have that thing where like the vampire slayer is supposed to be a woman at a certain age, right? Like, yeah. So it makes sense to to do that to me. Uh, another reboot here. Uh, Deadwood is officially getting a movie for oh, HBO. Yeah. So they're gonna finish the movie. Fire Engine. The thing the thing that's gonna be a bummer Toxica. though is like, what's the odds that David Milch actually like buckles down and finishes the story? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like he's gonna change. If you've ever heard any stories about Deadwood, which is a great show, like you should totally watch it. It's so fucking good. 
but like he would he would set up a scene and have a whole script written and everything and then he'd get an idea and he'd start moving people around and then he'd just rap for the day and then the next day they'd come in with an entirely new script and like he just rewrote the entire episode overnight and he would do this over and over again so it makes me wonder like if he's actually going to be able to like pull off a movie or if he's just going to change it so much that like people are like when's the next movie now <laughs> <laughs> setting up a franchise <laughs> well Garrett Dillahunt will get a job though that's out of it if it gets made that's good which guy is that he was the guy that was uh, the one I believe that shoots Hickok oh but yeah. then he and he he gets killed too but then the guy you're talking about what's his name David Milch David Milch loved Garrett Dillahunt so much that he brought him back as a different character. <laughs> so Garrett Dillahunt actually plays two different people on the show because he just liked him being there. Yeah, so and that Wild Bill episode was like the sixth episode mm-hmm. or something. I think it was called Dead Man's Hand. Man, that guy that played... That was a good tip for the episode name, too, because I read that and I knew exactly where they were yeah, going Yeah, that was that. a good episode. That's the big story. Was the, the dead man's cast, hand? That's what man. he had when Wild Bill Hickok got shot in the back. Yeah, the coward Bill Ford, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think I so. Think it's Bill Ford. Are you just saying the name of that movie? Or <laughs> well, that's the name of the movie, but I think that it's based on the names. Of... <laughs> Why would they not be named after? Why would they title the movie with the wrong names? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, the next Rowan Atkinson movie is called Mr. Banana instead of Mr. Bean. I wouldn't be surprised by that. <laughs> like, Mr. Bean doesn't quite have the cachet. Let's bring in a new, <laughs> new crowd. He's, he's old reboot news. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean <laughs> Mr. is Mr. Banana news. now. People, there's a... Have you heard that podcast? They're saying bananas all the time. I think bananas are coming back. <laughs> uh... Okay, so this is this is the most like what the fuck for a reboot. Alf, yeah, Warner's is like that. bringing in a writer to try and re like they're looking at writers to try and reboot. Alf. Who weird was demanding it, this? Yeah, it's a weird. Some a, a suit at Warner's. <laughs> Somebody wants Alf. Well, maybe uh, it's easy to replace Alf for racist tweets because they can just replace the puppeteer. Yeah, yeah, that puppeteer <laughs> is like next level crazy. Have you ever heard Tina Fey's story about him? No. They were doing this like anniver- like this big anniversary special for NBC where they're like bringing in just all sorts of people who were involved in different shows and NBC over the years. And Tina Fey was the head writer of it, and they brought in the puppeteer for Alf, and like he had all these demands for playing Alf, but one of them was like everybody had to address Alf as like a living sentient thing like they couldn't they couldn't like talk to the puppeteer they had to like address alf whenever they were talking like even like stage directions and shit like that and she was just like no <laughs> like this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah good for her but yeah i i read this collider article talking about it and it was really funny because they're trying to like do this like pop culture news story but instead they're just like inserting opinions and this guy says i think this would work really good in like a gritty dc format (laughs) (laughs) 
you have colorful colorful alf but like the first episode you see him like kill somebody and say like fuck willie <laughs> yeah <laughs> eating all the cats <laughs> yeah yeah just have him brutally just take like down a cat no just grab scene. a cat and just like break its spine with his teeth he like grabs a cat for the opening scene, you have to have him grab a cat, and then you show an ex- exterior of the house, and you hear, like, like this horrible, like, call from the cat, right? And then, like, the kid wakes up and sees Snowball! this broken cat. Like, <laughs> Where's Snowball? Jesus. Alf just, like, munching on it. <laughs> yeah, this is a horrible idea. Please don't do Alf Warner's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do well. But if you do it, I'll totally review it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking down a half-hour Alf sitcom. Um, the final thing I have, and it's good because it looks like Carl's about to fall Oof. asleep. <laughs> Yawning. Uh, Time Bandits is being developed as a series for Apple. Uh, Terry Gilliam will be involved, but will not write the episodes. Rude. So I don't it could know. Be okay. <clears throat> yeah, he's like a he's in a producer role, but not executive. Honestly, producer. the Twelve Monkeys sci-fi show is pretty get pretty good. That's what I've heard. So other people can put their hands on Terry Gilliam's old properties and not ruin them. Some of them. So we have precedent for that. Yeah. What would you do for a Time Bandit show? I mean, it um, seems just like to jumping me it's so open-ended you could do anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, you can just jump from time to time to time to time. To dimensions. And they're running to... from... They're they're robbing things. They're, they literally could go, do, do, go on forever. That is the story with limitless potential. There is no movie that scared me more when I was a kid than the end of Time Bandits. Because, like, seriously, they had, like, doesn't it end with that? Because I haven't seen it for a long time. Doesn't it end with, like, that box that's, like, steaming or something? And then, like, I think his parents, like, touch it or something. And then they disappear. And he's like, Mom? Dad? Yeah, it literally just ends with them, but his parents vanishing to nowhere. And that fucking terrified me as a kid. <laughs> the idea of like your parents are just gone. <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, that's a unsettling movie at times. Like how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> that's Gilliam's a nut job. He kind of is. That's why but, I like him. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite nut jobs for sure. Someday we'll get to see the man who killed Don Quixote. Someday. Is that one he's been trying to... That it's, it's, it's been in production work for like 25 years. It's finished. Yeah, he's been trying to get it made for decades. And he's launched productions of it that have then completely failed. And he finally got it oh, finished. Oh, didn't he do a documentary about that? There, It's called The Man from La Mancha. It's really good. And uh, he was trying to do a version of this movie with Johnny Depp. And it kind of failed miserably. I went way over budget and it just failed. Then everyone pulled out and then it and then he made this new one with uh Adam Driver. And uh and he got it finished. And then one of his financiers sued him. <laughs> and so then he had to fight in court in France or something to like have the rights to show his movie in 
at film festivals and stuff. And he eventually won that. So the movie is like making its way around Europe right now. And it's literally like you have to be there when he shows up with his movie to play it for you right now is like the level of distribution that it's at it's he's got a copy of it and he's taking it around europe and playing it for people (laughs) so he's basically the level of uh hustling his movie on the street we'll get to see that somebody dropping their new hot album that movie will make it to video in america in like in like a year or two let's be honest dude this is a dream scenario for terry gilliam right he's having like a blast he's got him. he's got this like movie he's been trying to make forever he's like fought producers tooth and nail every step of the way and like now he can only show it when he shows up like subconsciously this is what terry gilliam <laughs> wants yeah just to be able to say fuck you every time he like he personally like turns on the reel like starts playing it splicing the reels together oh yeah he's sitting in the back with a cigarette yeah with his fucking tattooed hands that are just like fear and hate (laughs) (laughs) you still need to watch zero theorem yeah i totally do that's every time I've seen that, I've never had the time to sit down and watch it. Like, I've seen it on, I think, on Amazon a few times. And I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this. And I look at the clock and I'm like, I only have 90 minutes. And I don't even check the runtime. I just know it's Terry Gilliam. It's, it's minimum two hours. Dude, that movie's nonsense, too, because the whole point of it is that he has to prove that zero equals 100%, which is basically what he's trying to what management wants him to prove is that life has no meaning and it's just bizarre. But like, uh, one of the, one of the best parts about that movie is, uh, is Christoph Waltz. I'd say he's amazing in that the imagery, it's got this really fantastic depiction of like near future earth where like, all the walls are moving advertisements projected that follow you around and are targeted at you. And <laughs> like the ads you literally personally. will follow you or follow you around a corner. And the, you you get to the end and they're just like, we'll be waiting for you when you get back. <laughs> it's going to be like that someday. We'll just be like, we'll be sitting out in this backyard, but there'll just be an ad projected on that wall for no reason. That outside wall, because we're sitting out here. There will be an ad blaring at us telling us to buy stuff. Matt and Dub Campbell had this, like, idea that will probably come to pass, but it's haunting to me, which is that you can take all of these movies and TV shows on streaming and, like, where you have, like, a billboard in the background, you just film it blue, and then you just fill in the advertising. With, like, modern stuff? Yeah, yeah. So you just constantly are, like, advertising. The product placement in old movies could easily be updated with, like, CGI or Ugh. green screen. God, I hope not. Like that uh, satirical uh, product placement scene in Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you could replace Pepsi with, like, whatever's pop- for loco. <laughs> I remember watching that with my daughter a couple years ago. She was like really, really into Wayne's World for a couple years, and uh, but it would always come to that scene, and all the kids were like dead silent, and like I'm the only one with the reference to get any of those jokes. Because <laughs> like, what would you think if it suddenly cuts to black, black and white, and they're like, "Here, take two of these," and it's like 
the yellow new print new prints yellow different yeah well you (laughs) got a choice to make yes and it's the choice of a new generation like they haven't said that in pepsi yeah fucking ever (laughs) yeah those jokes they even recognize a pepsi can anymore (laughs) (laughs) they switched it to that I, I, when they switched their logo the most recent time, it was to cash in on the Obama thing because, like, it was filling people with, like, like that, that Hope logo was, like, filling a bunch of people with good feelings. And so they were, like, working it into all this advertising. So Pepsi had, like, changed their can to kind of slightly mimic that so that subconsciously. <laughs> They've always been just riding those coattails. Yeah. Well, it's... So, I uh, just finished watching a movie today that, like, it's not a new movie, but it's just never entered my zeitgeist until, uh, I think Ready Player One was, like, where I first got interested. It was uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eli's been trying to get us to watch it, and I keep telling him I will watch it because I think that's the next Alien movie project that they're doing. So I have to, like, edit that when it comes out. So I will definitely watch it before I edit it. This is a great movie. I've seen it. It's free on Prime right now. And that's why I can't go wrong with, uh, who's the, uh, that guy's great. The main character? Peter Weller. Peter Weller, yeah. And then Robocop. The, yeah, and then the villain is fucking John Lithgow. Like, that movie is He's amazing. fucking bad Oh, John Lithgow's so movie. good. John Big Booty. <laughs> Doctor. But, I, I mean, it never, like, <laughs> entered my nonsense. realm, like, until recently. Yeah, it, I became aware of it when uh, Kevin Smith was yeah, trying like to make Kevin a Smith show Yeah, like, Kevin Smith tried to make a show out of it. And he then, tried. Like, he didn't. Like, they went another direction. Yeah, but. and then, uh, well, it had references to it in uh, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. which I just rewatched the other day. And I'm like, I should watch that. And I'm like, there's so many, like, now famous actors in that movie that I was like blown away by like the amount of talent that is in that movie for it being just complete nonsense. It's yeah, basically like a to- trauma teen movie in space. Helen Barkin, <laughs> Christopher uh, Lloyd, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Um, Clancy Brown's in it. Oh, Okay. I'm absolutely sold. I was gonna watch it anyway, but here's now I'm the sold. here's and, uh, the here's the synopsis on IMDb. Brain surgeon, rock musician, adventurer Buckaroo Banzai is a modern Renaissance man and has made scientific history. Shifting the oscillation over thruster into warp speed, he's the first man to travel to the eighth dimension and come back sane. But when his sworn enemy, the demented Dr. Emilio Lizardo, devises a plot to steal the device and bring an evil army back to destroy Earth, Buckaroo goes cranium to cranium with the madman in a battle that could spell doom for the universe. With the help of his uniquely qualified team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, Buckaroo is ready to save the world on a moment's notice. Yeah. That sounds absolutely crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Jonathan out. Banks is in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. There's one other thing I had to say. Um, Better so, Call Saul? 
Yeah, Better Call Saul just got renewed for a fifth season, and Bob Odenkirk went out to announce that and also try and put the date out for the new season in a way that people would remember, and so he tattooed it on his ass. (laughs) He, like, lowered his pants in a press conference and showed on his ass that it's at August 6th, so that's the cover art for this week. (laughs) I'm really glad you brought up Jonathan Banks, or I wouldn't have remembered, so I forgot to write it down. But yeah, like, he he tattooed it on his ass, and we will see how long it stays up on Facebook before this podcast gets knocked off, so. Well, I think there's, real quick, before it's all over, I think my favorite show on TV right now that feels like nobody is watching is preacher on amc season three is about halfway through right now and it is just some of the best writing best character development best acting craziest fucking plot you could ever like it is just unbelievable the things that i've seen on depicted on television in this in this show or on any show, like they, they're doing some of the best work, and it's like the best adaptation of a comic book I've ever seen of any comic book. This is, for me, this is the number one thing. So I can't remember if you said it on the podcast, but you you got a promotional like you're supposed to get a promotional lighter and rolling papers <laughs> yeah, from from the show from yeah and it did never show up yet it never did and uh that's a shame i'm sure it was just some chintzy like bic lighter but there is a lighter on in the show that is very significant it's a it's a zippo lighter that says fuck communism on it and the father of the main character is given it it's given it as a gift by John Wayne when he's fighting in Vietnam. And so the lighter like means a lot. And seeing that in an episode of the show when it first shows up, it's like I actually like kind of started for a second, like, oh shit. You know, that's important. And it's just a lighter. It's a prop. You know, it's like when I'm getting excited over a prop on a show, you know, they're doing something right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> props are not supposed to be like that that awe inspiring. Yeah. You know? It's unbelievable. And like they've got just there's this character called the All Father that is the head of like the Grail, the secret Christian like organization that controls the world. And he's like four hundred eight like not even he's more than that. He's like a quarter ton. I don't much a quarter. He's heavy as fuck. I guess a quarter ton's only two hundred and fifty pounds. He's yeah. more than that. He's like a he's like five hundred pounds. He's gigantic. Tons two thousand. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he's oh, like so a quarter ton. He's an eight yeah. ton. He's a giant <laughs> man. He and he like at one point he kills a guy by sitting on his head until it cracked like splatters like a watermelon. Like, and the only reason he killed the guy is because he like touched something that he didn't want him to by accident or something. Just like petty and disgusting. And he's like. The whole time you ever see him, he's just eating constantly, and then he grabs this big stick and he like shoves it down his throat and makes himself throw up so he can keep eating. Ugh. It's disgusting. So it's like <laughs> so that he's... Monty Python sketch. <laughs> yeah. And like just one uh, pee. You get to meet the devil at one point, and the devil's like this, like fat he looks like the devil big 
Like, uh, he looks like Dave Grohl devil in Tenacious D, D movie. <laughs> uh, big red horns, you know, the the look. And except that he's like a fast-talking guy like uh, like uh, Tom Cruise in Risky Business. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, he has this way of talking that's just like, ha, 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 ha. You know, it's great. Oh, it's beautiful. The, this show is very well done. All the characters are amazing. The acting is top-notch. Ruth Nega, man, she is amazing. She's Tulip. She's the best. Freaking, uh, Joseph Gilgun is Cassidy the Vampire. He's an Irish guy. He was on a show called Misfits. It was like a BBC show. And he's really good. He is, oh, he's got some really emotional scenes because he's like 97 years old, Irish vampire, junkie, just miserable all the time. And so you see him at his, some of his lowest points in this show. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. At one point, they break him out of this jail t- by cutting him up into pieces and mailing him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he comes back and then escapes from the same place a second time by wearing another person's skin, like skin suit, which was his plan in the beginning. Like skin suit's the best way to get out of, to break out of somewhere. <laughs> he keeps insisting that ah, skin suit, skin suit. And then Cassidy's also great because he hates the Big Lebowski, and so he's constantly just talking shit about. And then all the other characters are just like just shut up about that it's a good movie he's like ah it's shite and then later on he's like quoting miller's crossing and saying who knew that those two could those two people could make such a good movie and then shite like big lebowski it's like i think that they made one of them before they were struck by lightning and the other one after they were struck by lightning you know just 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 keeps bringing it up oh it's beautiful I like the Big Lebowski. Oh, me too. It's, I think <laughs> maybe it's that's great. the point. Is like you find a movie that's universally loved. Well, and the other thing, the thing about Cassidy is he is a vampire, right? So he's a monster, and sometimes he's charming. Sometimes, so you forget that he's a monster. But ultimately, he never makes the right decision. Like he always does the wrong thing, and. uh there's also, he has his own side plot that has just been introduced on the show, which is when he goes to New Orleans by himself, and he encounters for the first time another vampire. He's never seen another vampire before this. He thought he was the only one. And this dude is like fully embraced the Anne Rice sort of <laughs> vampire, vampire thing, and he's got this whole like group of mortal humans that call themselves Les Enfants du Sang, or the children of blood. And they're just the lamest, like, wearing... Goth kids. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> l- like, they're in the, one of their basement. And, like, Gary's mom, like, Mrs., you know, Mrs. Riley, she's like, oh, I baked blondies for you guys. <laughs> and so he's sitting there, like, just this Irish junkie punk rocker kind of dude being like... They're all a bunch of fucking posers, you know, <laughs> just talking shit what, to them. What was that you were telling me about? Like, there was some kind of study with, like, over, like, what goth is? Were you telling Oh, no, me? I was telling you, that was emo. Oh, emo. There okay. was this book I read years ago called Nothing Feels Good, which was a play on words, because, like, nothing feels good, and then nothing feels good, you know? Ugh. But the, all of these different people had definitions of this is what emo is. And they all had different definitions, 
But the one thing they all had in common was, oh, I'm not emo. (laughs) (laughs) This is what emo, they had very specific, like very precise, this is what it is specifically, but not me though. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they all have in common, is that they all don't think that they're the thing. Are they the thing? Oh, absolutely. Without a shred of doubt. <laughs> Every one of them. They are all the worst. <laughs> well, this is probably, So, oh. I was going to share one story and then <laughs> okay. before we quit. Bring us the home. reason I was uh, not here for the last episode yeah. is because I was down in Bozeman at a concert when we were you guys were recording last. And I went to the Imagine Dragons concert in Bozeman. With 20,186 other people. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was, I think it was in the top five of all-time biggest Montana concerts. Jeez. And it's the first outdoor concert they've done in uh, the Bozeman football stadium since, like, 1979 or 1980. So they finally figured out a way to, like, use it so they use the entire football stadium and i was watching it and i was like oh this is is all right because i i like some of their songs but i'm not like a huge fan Mm -hmm. but some of the kids would enjoy and then i'm watching and i'm like there's something i've always just kind of like not quite liked about the band it's because they kind of like hit up close to the wall of Christian rock in some of their songs they play and that they and I'm like looking around 20,000 people in the crowd you know how many crucifixes <laughs> I didn't see any but I didn't see a person of color in the entire crowd <laughs> yeah, that I can see <laughs> it yeah. was the whitest gra- gathering I have seen Oof. in my lifetime that's a lot of white people. It's a place. lot of white people. Did they serve mayonnaise sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> On Wonder Bread. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense, too, because that Imagine Dragons is incredibly popular right now with kids that are in, like, second to fifth grade. Yeah. And so everybody's parents brought their kids... You know, middle-aged parents brought their young children that are in, like, that are between, you know, that are in grade middle school up through, like, maybe, you know, even through high school, I'm sure they like it. Yeah, this guy right here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was this girl behind us. She was, like, 10. Knew the lyrics to every song. That's amazing that they can hold their their, uh, attention long enough to, to... learn the lyrics of a song nowadays <laughs> damn like, millennial songs oh, like 90 seconds no. long they know all of the lyrics because all of their friends know all of the lyrics the same way that i knew all the lyrics to mc hammer because all my friends knew the <laughs> yeah lyrics we to were MC talking hammer. about please yeah. hammer don't hurt him. oh yeah we all had that cd that cassette tape, <laughs> I had on that, tape. Cassette cassette tape. Yeah. yeah it was a cassette for sure <laughs> oh dude nothing better than when it when they're going like have you seen her have you seen her? Have you seen her now? Ooh. Too legit. Oh, Too 
This is when the, back in the day when you listen to the other side of the album so you get to flip it without having to hit rewind. Yeah. <laughs> I see her face and I can't let go. It's in my dreams at night. So let me know. <laughs> like I heard the, I finally heard the R&B version like a year ago. That was like from the 70s. And I was like, this is so much better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, now he tours with ICP, so what are you going to do? <laughs> you tell me What? Yeah, he, he opens for ICP these days. Oh, MC my Hammer God. Has fallen along. I really didn't think he'd ways. ever hit that kind of low. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's on the other end of the bell curve of his career. <laughs> he did not peak for very long. I mean, his career. But he peaked high, though. He peaked high for, like, Three, four years. Yeah, just and then not it was like plummeted. Yeah, disappeared. But apparently he's there. still plummeting because ICP. <laughs> he's I mean, in that's a, steady, a low. He's in low a steady bar. free fall as he tours the country with the insane clown posse. Oh, do you think they? Dope do you think they pay him in like their? Uh, they just give clown him, coins or whatever. They, they give have. him Fago and Fago uh, and. <laughs> Did you? S- I saw. I can't remember if it was the second or third season of uh, um, Ash versus Evil Dead when they're like, I can't remember where, they were in like the police or the insane asylum and there was a Fago vending machine. Oh, <laughs> was there? Oh, that's great. They I, helped finance that series. <laughs> so they ended like, what are we, how are we going to get our presence in this show? How are we going to get Violent This is the only J thing we're going to allow show. you to do. You can put a Fago vending machine in the high school. <laughs> That's it. I had a, a guy at Music <laughs> To Go who, this guy Shane, when we had our music store here, Music To Go, and he used to like always order me all of this stuff and he'd always make all the suggestions for stuff I'd like. Like I remember I came in one time and he's like, dude, I know this guy who's like, he's like an assistant to this producer and he says like one of the best albums he's ever heard is coming out. And it's a Rob Zombie Hellbilly Deluxe. You need to pick this up when it Dude, comes out. Dude, I remember out. getting the promo tape for that. Yeah. And I, by the way, love that album. Still love that album. Play it every Halloween. But like, oh, yeah. but uh, there was so, like, he ordered the Queen box set for me. And I was like, he didn't even ask. He just ordered it. And I was like, dude, I have all these albums already. He's like, well, here's what I'll do, man. I'll break it up and you can buy all the extra shit. And then I'll just sell all the CDs individually. And I'm like, can you do that? He's like, legally, no, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> That's like sweet. That's a- but then one time he was like, you got to check out this band ICP. And he was like talking about the concerts. And he's like, yeah, they have these dummies that they throw up. And they like slash them apart with machetes. And there's like blood all over the stage. And they're just covered with blood by the time. You fit. And he's like talking about it. But like. They should have had like a creeping, like really eerie orchestral score over him while he was like saying it that just swelled and became more horrifying as he was telling me this because I never looked at him the same way again yeah. after he was telling me about this. And this is before I was familiar with ICP. So it was even worse once I realized who he was talking yeah, about. That's a shame. Yeah, I had a cousin that tried to do that to me. I was like, no. <laughs> What movie was it when somebody was like had the ICP face on? And he's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I know they didn't always sunny. Yeah, Charlie gets him like all <laughs> dressed up, and then it, wasn't he like the kid in blackface or something at the end to cover up the ICP makeup? 
I think there's an episode of Portlandia that's like um, a skit about two guys that run merchandising booths at um, an ICP show, and they're in the ICP makeup, but they're just talking like two like middle-aged business guys, just like selling merch, merch. in Portland. Yeah, just selling merch in Portland and talking about like they're just like their mortgages and their SUVs <laughs> and their kids' soccer practice. <laughs> they're selling this. <laughs> Stupid crap. It's like uh, literal garbage that they're selling. I think it might have been 21 Jump Street. Didn't they have something with like a Juggalo and 21 Jump Street? Like the I don't movie? recall that. Okay. Possibly. Maybe not. Maybe I'll rewatch it just to check. But I felt like there was some comedy where they're just looking at him and he's like, what the fuck is that? No, maybe it's Twenty Two Jump Street. Maybe it was Ice T when he's play- was. Didn't he play a principal for part of it or something? Didn't he go undercover as a principal? Maybe I'm just remembering like this new movie because I'm slowly like having a brain aneurysm. Yeah, Everything's you're dying. just falling apart. Uh, well, you're totally thinking of <laughs> Always Sunny. All right. Well, this is probably a good place to cut off. Sure, I'm Brandon. <laughs> Alright, so take it easy. Bye. Respect the outro. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.